Today we're going to take a look at a, a difficult topic. Um, we're going to take a look at what it means to be fulfilled in life or what it means uh, to be dissatisfied with the life that maybe we have currently. You know, it's a, it's a huge issue in the world today. Um, you probably know somebody that's struggling at this point. You probably know someone that's struggling with where they're at in life and, and what's going on and, and all of the different things that we face in this world. You know, COVID and, you know, all the politics and, you know, all these different things that are going on have a tendency to kind of bring us down. They really do. So we ask questions like, you know, what do I do to, to be happy today? You know, what, what do I have to do in order to fulfill, you know, the plans and the purposes that God has, has ordained for my life? You know, does he really have a plan? You know, is that plan a good one? Is that plan one that will help me to just live a better life and enjoy what God has given to me? And, and to know that peace and that contentment and, and just plugging right into the purpose that God has you know, ordained for each one of us. You know, you probably know someone that's struggling with that. Maybe you are. I know I have in the past. Um, but let's be realistic. You know, these friends and family members that you and I know that struggle, uh, they're probably be giving, be, or being given a tremendous amount of feedback from other people. You know, maybe we're the ones, you know, adding to some of their frustrations. You know, well, here's what you need to do, or here's where you need to go, or, you know, have you thought about doing this, or have you thought about doing that? And really, what you and I end up doing is just kind of adding logs to the fire. You know, this fire that's burning that says, you know, you can be fulfilled in this life if you only do certain things. Well, a lot of times I think our best advice becomes frustrating um, confusing, and that's just not what we intended. Now, there's certain things that kind of go through our mind as we wrestle with this identity crisis, if you want to call it that, or this sense of trying to figure out what life's about, the purpose. Uh, there's certain things that go through our minds, just like they did with King Solomon. Now, over the last couple of weeks, We've been talking about King Solomon, who was king over in Jerusalem uh, way, way back. And uh, he was uh, a very rich man. He was a, a wonderful king. He did a lot of good stuff. He, he honored God and tried to fulfill, you know, the plans and purposes that God had for his life. Well, Solomon thought a lot of these things through, just like you and I are today. And, and you know, today we think a lot of the same thoughts that Solomon thought, you know, like life is short. Okay, life is short, so how do I make the best of it? Um, life is limited. There's only certain things that we can do or that we can accomplish in this life. You know, how are we going to handle that? You know, we know that uh, God's Word tells us that He wants us to enjoy this life that we have. Well, how do I do that? when I really don't know uh, what his plan is, or I really don't feel like I'm plugged into where God wants me. Solomon revealed to us that part of our goal in life should be to live for God, 
to live for the plans, live for the purpose, uh, live for the things that God has carved out in life for you and I to go through and to experience and to fulfill. You know, that's all easier said than done, isn't it? It really, really is. Well, you know, like Solomon, we try a lot of different things. We try things like study. You know, I know people that have dedicated their life to education, to knowledge, to studying, to, you know, just elevating themselves and what they learn. But it doesn't fulfill. It doesn't fill the emptiness that's inside of them. I I know other people that that they've they've just they've gone way overboard when it comes to their work life. You know, I'm just going to work and work and work, and I'm going to do the best that I can, and I'm going to take advantage of every opportunity that I can find, and you know, I'm just going to be so successful. And yet, they'll tell you later on that. It wasn't the answer. I know other people that dive into things that they that they love, that they're that they are good at. Maybe they're talented in, you know, whether it's maybe cars or woodworking or sports or photography or whatever. But these are things that people sometimes try in order to fill the void, that empty spot in our hearts, you know. It's just not always the answer, is it? No. A lot of times we try and cover up those feelings that are just kind of scratching away at our heart, telling us that there's more to life. Sometimes we cover them up with things like alcohol or busyness even. You know, we just try and be as busy as we possibly can because that that keeps us from thinking through, you know, why am I somewhat unhappy or what, what about this hole in my heart? Are we, we want to be busy as a distraction. Sometimes, I know people that do, do this with shopping. Oh my gosh, they're always bringing stuff home. You know, they're shopping, 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 and it's a way to, to really be distracted from an empty spot in their heart. Well, even though we try all these different things, a lot of times we come up empty-handed, don't we? I know I have. Again, I'm, I'm just talking to myself here. I'm relating, you know, to your life things that I've experienced in my own. I do think that in a, in a way today, a lot of us, we're just kind of at a disadvantage over those people that have struggled with this over the centuries, like all the way back to even Solomon and before. I think today we're at a little bit of a disadvantage. And the reason I say that is because there's so many different choices out there, so many different career choices, so many different things that we can follow through on when it comes to, you know, to life or sports or family recreation, uh, personal growth, uh, spiritual growth. We have more things at our fingertips today than, than most generations before us have ever even thought about. And yet they still don't seem to satisfy. So we tell ourselves, you know, if I knew then, if I knew 20 years ago what I know today, then things would be different. 
I would have done things differently and my life would be much more fulfilled today than, than it is in actuality. But not really. You know, I, I think we, we confuse ourselves and we, we really tell ourselves things that aren't true sometimes, just trying to, to ease the pain or to empty the, you know, the spiritual unrest that's inside of our hearts. We keep thinking that things or events or activities are the things that can fill the void that's in our heart. You know, this void that I'm talking about, it comes from um, finding the real purpose that we were made for and created for and then fulfilling it and actually doing it. It's the thing that, that uh, drove Solomon to, to write this book of Ecclesiastes. Solomon was a king in Jerusalem, and he was a, he was a very famous, wealthy. Uh, he had lots of people under him. He had all everything you could want in life, everything that you could want. But he was still empty inside. He still felt this hole in his heart that he wanted to, to just fill and to overcome. Well, there's a couple of things that we need to consider before, I think before we can really go any further. And one of them is we have to answer the question of whether or not God is real and God exists or he doesn't. You know, is there a heaven? Is there a hell? You, you, you gotta answer the question before we can really go any further. You can procrastinate. You can tell yourself, well, I'll think about that or worry about that later. But that really is a no answer. It's an answer that says, I don't know the answer yet. I don't really care that much. Or I, you know, it doesn't really make that much difference to me. You have to answer this question about whether or not God is there or is not. And if he is there, does God really care about us? Or does he not care about us? I think what we do with this question uh, will determine the rest of the answers that you and I come up with. I think it determined the answers that Solomon came up with. Now, I'm not going to try and prove to you today or even attempt to prove that God is real and that God is there. Uh, you know, you have to do that on your own. There's no human being that can, that can tell you and prove to you beyond a shadow of a doubt that God is there and he has a plan for your life. It's just not there. You, it's the proverbial, you know, I can lead a horse to water, but I can't make him drink. You know, I can tell you all about what the Bible says, and I can tell you about what I've learned in seminary and what I've learned in my own study and personal time, and I, I can tell you all that stuff. But unless you really want to know, unless you really want to know whether or not God is there, and if he is there, does he have a plan for me? Unless you really want to know those things, it's just all pie in the sky. It's smoke and mirrors. I can't answer it for you. Now Solomon was no different than you and I, I don't think. He wanted to understand life. He wanted to understand the things that were important. He wanted to make good choices. Solomon wanted to find that peace and that comfort. And he wanted to find the joy 
that comes with fulfilling the plan and purpose that God has created us for, which is different for all people. You know, even though he had so much, he realized that the most important thing that he needed and wanted and desired in life was missing, his God-given purpose. I want to share with you a couple of instances uh, regarding people that were on the same journey as Solomon, the same journey that you and I are on in this life, and that is to find purpose and meaning. And, and to find that in the midst of all of the other good things that life can give to us. You remember a singer-songwriter from back in the 60s and 70s uh, by the name of Cat Stevens? Well, you probably will remember it. And if you don't, uh, look it up on YouTube. And the song that he's most famous for is called Cats in the Cradle. And Cat Stevens wrote this song and he wrote it around his own personal failings in life. You see, he was a musician, he was a writer, singer, and he was performing, and he was on the road, and he just, he gave everything he had to his musical career. He even missed the birth of his own son because he was on the road traveling. And Cat Stevens realized one day, he realized that, you know, I can do all of that and I can have all that fame and fortune and accolades and all that stuff. But there's still something missing. So Cat Stevens wrote this song about his own personal failure to be there and to experience uh, his own son's growth and to be a part of it and to enjoy it along the way. So he writes this song about his own failures. And how just like Solomon, he kind of looked in the wrong places for that fulfillment that his heart was yearning for. Solomon tells us in Ecclesiastes that we need to enjoy this short life that we have. And we need to live this short life that we have with God at the center. And we need to trust in what he's doing and what he's allowing and to live with and enjoy all of the different things that he gives to us, like family, friends, relationships, the things that are important in life. Not to be distracted by the things that really don't fill, don't fill that empty spot in our heart. There's another guy who is a musician by the name of Bono, and he's uh, the singer for probably the most famous rock group that's ever existed, and that is U2. Well, Bono, you know, throughout his career, he, he pursued it with everything he had and, and the touring and the records and the music and, you know, all of the recognition and all the stuff, the, the being famous and all of this stuff. You know, he, he did it all. He did it all. But recently in an interview, he made this statement. Banu said, he said, when you align yourself with God's purpose, as described in scripture, let me read that again. He said, when you align yourself with God's purpose, as described in the scriptures, he said, something very special happens in your life. And in other interviews, too, he's talked about this and talked about, 
you know, all the fame and fortune and money and all that kind of stuff, yeah, it was nice, but it never filled the void. It never filled that empty spot. It never stopped that yearning inside of his heart that said, you were created for a particular plan and a particular purpose. Another famous couple, you, you, we all know about Fixer Upper, Chip and Joanna uh, Gaines, and this uh, uh, really this thing that they built around Magnolia Farms and Magnolia Building and Contracting and you know, Chip and Joanna, their their TV series and, you know, where they would go in and they would, you know, meet with a couple and they would pick out a home and then they'd re redo the home and just, you know, take it from a fixer-upper to this beautiful, you know, thing that was, it was a cool show. And I think it's still being aired, maybe not, but uh, Chip and Joanna, uh, their journey is much like the journey that Solomon was on, much like the journey that Cat Stevens is on, or you and I have been on. In an interview, this is what Chip Gaines said. Chip says, he said, it's no easy thing to trust in God and to walk away from a career, to give it all up not knowing if you can ever get it back or even come close. Let me read this again. Chip Gaines and Joanna said it's no easy thing to trust in God or to walk away from a career and to give it all up, not knowing if you can ever get it back or even come close. And then he says, but I did it. I heeded the voice and somehow I found tremendous peace with it. You know, what, what Chip was saying is, Again, all the fame and fortune, all of the opportunities, all of the temporal things, all of the money and the recognition and all that stuff didn't do it. It didn't do it until they chose to walk away from it and to follow the, the goal, follow the purpose that God had set in their heart. He said, that's when I found it. That's when I realized that there is so much to life if we only plug in to where God wants us to plug in. There's another famous individual that you'll recognize by the name of Denzel Washington. Great actor. Guy's got more money than he knows what to do with and fame and fortune and all that kind of stuff. Well, in a, in a, uh, a survey and a, a little meeting he was in, he made this statement. He said, inside of every one of us, we have something tugging at us, telling us to believe in something. And Denzel Washington says, Christ is the answer to that. Let me read that one again. Inside of every one of us is something tugging at us, telling us to believe in something. And Christ is the answer to that. I watched him at a at a uh, another. Uh, convocation that he gave at a college. I don't remember which one it was, but at the end of his whole speech, he talked about his career and everything that he had achieved in life and everything. He told those students and all the family that was there, he says, let me tell you this. He says, put God first. He said, when you put God first in your life, that's when everything starts to make sense. That's when you start to, to develop and unfold 
this beautiful plan that God has for your life. And that's when you realize that all of the other stuff is so temporary. It's so temporal. It doesn't satisfy. It doesn't last. You know, a lot of people have have yielded to that and have put God first in their life. Again, to find out that it is in that purpose that God has ordained for us that we find this thing that we seem to be looking for as human beings. Why am I here? What am I here for? Why do I matter? Why does my life matter? All of those types of things. It's then when we realize that, you know, the stuff that we can accomplish day to day in life, things that are outside of, you know, the purpose that God had planned for us, they're just temporal. Yeah, we can do a lot of stuff and be happy for a while, but it's like the new car. You know, you get all excited about this car and you buy this thing and and it's awesome. I mean, you wash it and you take care of it and da 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 da. But two years from now, it's it's a payment book. Two years from now, you look at it and say, well, that was fun. Look at what that cost me. And you realize that it wasn't the answer all. It wasn't the one thing that we needed to do. You see, we need to find our purpose and our plan in our relationship with God. And, and again, I'm assuming that you've answered the question, is God real and does he exist or not? And does he have a plan for me? I'm assuming that you've said yes. God is there. Now, if you haven't answered that question or you don't believe that God is really there, that's where you need to start. Yesterday, I um, saw my sister-in-law, Marnie, and Marnie made a comment to me that uh, I just can't stop thinking about. And she said, you know, she says, if you want something from God, in other words, if you want to know, you know, what God has in mind for you would be a good thing that maybe we would want from God. Her comment was, you got to pray. You got to reach out to God from the bottom of your heart. And you got to say, God, what is it that you want me to do? How is it, Lord, that I can participate in this plan that you have for my life? A plan that you orchestrated and, and set in motion long before I was ever born. How can I do that? Marnie was right. You want to know what God has planned for you? You want to know, you know, the depth of this joy and peace and contentment that God has planned for your life and your heart? You got to start off by, by praying. And that's exactly what Solomon did. So there's a couple of good examples for us. I want to share a scripture today. Here it is. It's on the screen here for you. And the scripture is, is one from Ecclesiastes chapter 8. And it says this. When I applied my mind to know wisdom and to observe the task that one performs on the earth... Though his eyes, talking about God, though his eyes do not sleep in the day or even in the night, I saw every work of God, and that a man is unable to comprehend the work that is done under the sun. In other words, the things God does and, 
and the reasons he he does them and orchestrates them the way he does, it's really incomprehensible for humankind. And he continues, despite his efforts to search it out, he cannot find its meaning. Even if a wise man claims to know, he is unable to comprehend. You just can't always figure it out. So how do I dis- how do I satisfy this dissatisfaction that rests in the human heart sometimes? How do I do that? How do I fill the void? Well, at the end of the book of Ecclesiastes, Solomon gives us the answer. He says that life with God at the center gives purpose, meaning, fulfillment, joy, and contentment. And he says life without God is simply meaningless. My hope and prayer for you this week is that you will continue to kind of think about this theme and and just know that you are dearly loved. Tough Questions for God is a teaching ministry of the Rosebush United Methodist Church where we challenge our faith with some of the most difficult issues. Tough Questions for God is available on Facebook Live Sundays at 11.30 a.m. or go on our website at toughquestionsforgod.org and just follow the links on the homepage for YouTube or via podcast. Thanks for joining and don't forget to like and share. God bless.